And so we welcome everyone to our taping of our podcast where we're following up. And we know that uh, we did a sermon a few weeks ago. uh, Are we using all our strength? Are we using all our strength? And I want to encourage you to, to think about that as you seek to take this Christian journey that we're on together. Amen. In Christ, look at it as a journey. Uh, we don't throw away things that we learn in other studies like Peter Scazzaro, where he talks about spiritual maturity and, and seeing ourselves on a journey together. And all of us are at different points on the journey. Uh, and when we talk about the filling of the spirit uh, in particular, that has to do with our maturity as Christians. The spirit helps us to mature. And another way of saying maturing as Christian is our sanctification. Uh, how are we becoming more and more like Christ, more, more obedient to the word and, and uh, more yielded to the Holy Spirit at work in our lives? So again, we welcome everybody to a to our After the Sermon Scoop podcast. Praise God. That's the brainchild of our media technician, uh, Brother Jamal. Amen. Lord put that on his heart. So the After the Sermon Scoop, uh, where we where we really want this to be more question and answer, it's not really a teaching. Uh, there is a segment that I put out there that summarized it, a podcast segment, and we invite you to visit that segment. We're not going to play the segment in this part. We're going to use our time really for back and forth questions and answers. All right. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another opportunity to come together to study your word, Lord God, uh, uh, to, to, to really fellowship and to dialogue about what we've been learning in the scriptures, Lord God. Uh, we pray for enlightenment. We are seeking understanding, Lord God. We're, we're seeking knowledge and wisdom from you, Lord God. And, and at this particular time, Lord God, uh, we are studying what it means to be spirit-filled and, and a spirit-filled church, Lord God. Uh, what does it mean to be baptized by your Holy Spirit, Lord God? And we thank you for your spirit, Lord God, that indwells us, Lord God, and seals us and keeps us, Lord God. But there's so much more that we can learn about your spirit, the Holy Spirit, the person, Lord God. So, Lord, would you just bless us with your presence right now, Lord God, and would you lead us in this podcast experience, Lord God. Help us to grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Help us to apply what we learn to our lives that we might be transformed. We give you all glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. So let's just go back to um, Acts chapter 2 to lead us into it. Amen. Uh, Sister Roper, God bless you. Good to have you on. Acts chapter two, and let's just go right in the beginning of Acts chapter two, because that's really where you see the baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit in the same passages, okay? The baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit in the same passage. Now, you all need to understand and and be mindful that, that I'm Baptist, So I'm going to come from a Baptist doctrine perspective. Now, my belief is that Baptists are Christians. All right. So that that if we say Baptist doctrine, then for me, then we're also studying Christian doctrine. And doctrine is just another way of saying what we believe. Okay. And Christian doctrines are based upon what? The Apostles doctrine. Okay, the apostles doctrine. Okay, so so whatever we are trying to teach, we're trying to search the scriptures 
because the scriptures will will reveal to us uh, the teachings of God on a subject matter. And then we're just trying to dig and, and seek better clarity and understanding of what the scriptures say. All right. So so in Acts chapter two, verses one through four, it just says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we're going to stop right there. All right, we're going to stop right there. Okay, so so remember that this passage is a fulfillment of the promise of Jesus. Okay, it's a fulfillment. Okay, and in that fulfillment, of the promise, amen, uh, Jesus instructed the disciples not to leave Jerusalem, right? Uh, he said not to leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise uh, from the Father, okay? Mm -hmm. And they were confused thinking that when this happened, it would be the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. But Jesus says, that's not what the what, what is going to happen. This is about uh, when you receive power, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall be what? Witnesses. So the giving of the Spirit from, from Jesus was to enable the church to be witnesses uh, for him. And, and a lot happens in that. And, and a lot of uh, things that we can talk about uh, go on with that. But let's let's just see where people are. Uh, so so somebody on the line, bless you. Good to see you, Sister Lori. God bless you. Amen. Uh, you might be in Delaware or New York, but we praise God for you. Amen. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, God is an awesome God. Amen. So we know from Jesus' perspective, it's an empowerment that happens. Okay, there's an empowerment that is going to happen uh, to the disciples. All right. And and it was preceded by what? Two things, uh, prayer and obedience, prayer and obedience. Uh, they came together. They stayed in Jerusalem. That's that's the obedience. And while they were waiting, while they were staying there, get, they were engaged in prayer. Okay. They, they were with one accord. Okay, all of these things happen. And so this is uh, for us, as we look at this, this is a collective experience uh, for the, the church, the body of Christ. All right. Now, uh, what I like this being emphasized when we look at the book of Acts is not a focus on individuals per se. It, it's showing something that happens to the church. So guess what? There's no big eyes and little use. Okay. The spirit, what came on all of them. Not even just the apostles, but all the disciples that were gathered together, the spirit came upon them. And I see, uh, this is my interpretation, I see in where the divided tongues of fire, as a fire sat on each of them, I really see that more as the baptizing, engulfing uh, uh, representation, okay? Because when we talk about the baptizing, we talk about uh, sanctifying people. We talk about setting them apart. We talk about placing them in the body of Christ. And so you need to know that when you're baptized by the spirit, the spiritual baptism, which is what many people, uh, because we're Baptists, we emphasize what? Water baptism. 
okay? But the water baptism is symbolic of the spiritual baptism. Everybody understand that? Baptists believe in what's called believer baptism. So when somebody presents themselves themselves as a candidate for baptism, they they are they are saying they already confess Jesus Christ, that they what they they repent of their sins. So that's what the questions are about when somebody comes forward. That's why it's very important that people think about when we ask them the, the question, you know, do you believe in Jesus Christ? What do they usually do? Nod their head and what do they say? I do a yes, right? Okay. Uh, then we talk about what? The repentance, all right? Uh, the the turning from sin and turning to God. It's, it's supposed to be about a change of life, okay? A change of life. And that whole process of them coming forward should have been initiated by a spiritual event that moved them, where God called them. Okay, and these processes, you know, should be of happening before we get to the water. And then the water is a public ritual. Okay, the water baptism is a public what ritual. So what did the old preacher, because I'm one of them now, what did the old preacher used to say? Water doesn't save you. The water does not save you because the water is symbolic of the cleansing. The water then is also symbolic of what? Identifying with Christ in his death when you go into the water, okay? His death and burial. And then when you come out of the water, is symbolic of what? The resurrection and walking in new life. And when a person submits to our Christian baptism, amen, they are saying now they are identifying publicly they are identifying publicly with the church, with the body of Christ. Everybody got that part because that's where sometimes we get stuck at. And, and so many times people want to get rebaptized because they didn't understand what the baptism represented. So it's our job to go back over that and to explain that to people in new membership class. We talk about salvation and what does that mean, you know, so people can be sure of what happened. And again, now the Holy Spirit, watch this, you all, God gives the spirit to you as a gift. You don't do anything other than receive. You believe in Jesus, but then the gift is given to you all right, as a gift from God, okay, as a gift from God, all right, and that's the baptism, that's the, listen at this, the indwelling, the sealing, and all of that of the Holy Spirit, that is a gift from God, all right, and the gift of God is going to be with you eternally. Once you receive that gift from God, he's going to stay with you forever. It's through the gift of God of the spirit that God indwells us. Father and the son indwells us through that gift of the spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Any questions so far on, on baptism of the spirit, baptism of the spirit? Uh, Brother Jamal, go ahead. I do have a question, but it's not actually on baptism of the spirit. It's in that first verse. Okay. I want to make sure I have a very clear understanding. Okay. In the first verse, it indicates when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Yes. Fully. Okay. It was during the day. 
Okay, it it was during the day that this happened. Fully come just is is an expression, uh, meaning it's it's not done. It's in the day that that it's had. That it was on that day. Okay, and remember, Pentecost here is a celebration. Okay, it's a Jewish celebration. It's it's the last day of the Feast of Harvest. All right. So, so it's a celebration that they're having. It's a, it's a Jewish festival. And, and look, things are getting ready to wrap up. It's, you know, it's the Pentecost is the wrapping up of that celebration. That's why everybody's in Jerusalem. It, it's a holiday for them. Okay. And it's wrapping up, but it has significance for Jews. It was a Jewish holiday. Somebody else, uh, we're trying to get Yes. I have one, the same as Jamal is. I wanted to find out the Holy Ghost is with you. Mm -hmm. Um, as a gift from God all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. So when they said that you can die and go to hell or you can die and go to heaven, isn't that Holy Ghost there is before you die to kind of get your soul right where you will go to heaven. So your time on earth before you pass, you go through hell before you go to heaven. Is that how that works? Because the Holy Ghost takes you to heaven, right? The Holy Ghost seals you and keeps you till the day of redemption. Okay. So okay. you are sealed. You don't deal with hell at all. Okay. In okay. in that sense. Okay. All okay. right. Uh, when the believer dies, their spirit goes to be with the Lord. Okay. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Lord. There's never in the scripture a talk about you taking a stop in hell. Okay. Okay. As a believer. As a, believer. as a believer. Okay. Do me a favor because uh, sometimes we don't get to talk about it. Uh, write down John chapter 14, gospel of John chapter 14, because a lot of what's happening here is based upon the teachings of Jesus. Gospel of John chapter 14. You have to go into Jesus teaching to understand the mindset of the disciples and how they are understanding things that happen. Okay. All right. John chapter 14. Just flip your Bible over there and just look at some. Let's look at some of the things that 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 Jesus tells us in here, because what happens is uh, when do we usually hear hear about John 14? What when do we usually use John chapter 14? Anybody? Don't be shy. Come on. We in this together. Funerals. There we go. Funerals. And, 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 and in the funerals, it is John chapter 14 is a message of comfort, okay? But remember, who was Jesus comforting? He was comforting his disciples, right? Because he had revealed to them that he's going back to the Father, okay? All right? And he revealed to them that, that they're getting ready to go through this, this, this time of testing and this time of challenge, all right. And so he says, what? Let not your heart be troubled. OK, what is he? What is the basis that he said? Believe in God. So faith comes in there and he says, what? Believe also in me. And so then he, then we get into the part there in my father's house, there are many mansions. OK, and all that. All right. So in John chapter 14, uh, let's let's just look at it real quick. Go down to verse 15. Everybody down at 15, because you will understand what's happening. You'll understand what's happening. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus is going to be with the Father, right? And what did he say he was going to do? He says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you what? Another comforter. 
another comforter in uh, uh, New King James Version says another helper. Okay. All right. A helper, what? Just like him. Because he was with them and they had started uh, living their life dependent on Jesus, being guided by Jesus, being taught by Jesus, being blessed by being with Jesus, right? And so now Jesus is, is, is leaving them. So, so, so the Holy Spirit is a what? Helper. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us with our walk, help us on our journey. And look at what it says. Look at this and highlight this in your Bible. Highlight it. Highlight it. Put it underline. It's your Bible, right? And Sister Deborah, because this is going to tell you you ain't going to go to hell. You ain't going to stop through there. This is going to tell you, okay? Because it says that he may abide with you forever. That means when you have him, you don't lose him, okay? He's going to be with you how long? Forever, forever, all right? And listen to what he said, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him. But he says, you know him. And look at what it says, for he dwells with you. And what does it say? He will be where? In you, in you. So he indwells us. Okay. The spirit of God. All right. That's God with us. That's Emmanuel. And look what he says in 18. Uh, he says, I will not leave you what? As orphans. I'll never leave you nor forsake. I won't abandon you in this time. Okay. He says, I will come to you. So when the spirit comes, that's the spirit of Christ that's coming to dwell in us. All right. He says, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my, I'm down to verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And look what it says. What does it say? Somebody unmute and tell, tell us what it says in verse 23. And we will come unto him. All right. Our abode with him. Okay. And that's make our abode is our home, our dwelling. Okay. So he's saying that, that, that the father and the son through the Holy Spirit are dwelling, they live inside of us, right? Thank you. Okay. So we got we got God with us. We got God in us through the person, not an it. So we're not talking about the spirit as an it. We're talking about the spirit as the third person of the Trinity. And as the third person of Trinity, he is fully God. He is all God, just like Jesus is all God, just like the Father is all God. And Jesus says, me and the Father are one, okay? And so he says, we will come. How do they come? They come through the abiding and indwelling of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, does that help us with what I'm saying there? Now, when they take up residence, that's our union with God. You've got to have the Holy Spirit, folks, because the Holy Spirit is the sign that you belong to God. And it's not about a feeling. It's about believing God, believe also in me. It's about accepting the promise by faith that Jesus made to us that the Spirit will indwell us when we put our trust in him. And that anchors us. That anchors us. The word of God tells me that when I put my trust in God and believe in Jesus Christ, accept him as my savior, I'm repenting and turning from my old way of life 
I'm turning to a new way of life, walking with God instead of against God. And God gives me help to walk with him. Everybody getting it? The spirit is the helper that God gives you to walk with him. So we all have a helper. We all have a helper. And that helper is the spirit of God in us. He enables us and empowers us and indwells us. All right. Uh, Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Bless you. Bless you. All right. Any other questions? Any other questions in there with you all? We're just on the Holy Spirit right now. Go ahead. I had a question because when you was talking, I'm asking myself in the Lord. That means that all three are within me. Mm -hmm. The father, the son. Again, I'm learning this and I'm surrendering this to the Lord and the Holy Spirit to teach me and guide me that all three are in me, but the Holy Spirit, he lets them guide me and teach me. But all three, the father's in me, the Mm -hmm. son, but the Holy Spirit is what's teaching me and guiding me. And sometimes I have to call on the Lord. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to call on Jesus. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the Holy Spirit guide me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is just what I'm learning. And and again, I go to you for the teaching Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit to help me to the truth. Right. And so they are, they are indwelled because they're one. They, they are unique, but there's, there's a mystery about God. We can't, I can't explain it. I can just tell you there's a mystery about God that he's three in one. Okay. And according to the word of God, the word of God tells me that, that when the spirit indwells me, Jesus says me and the father are there too. Just like Jesus says, I and the father are one then he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one as well. Go over to 15 real quickly because we need to see what the work is. Over to chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 16. Chapter 16. Y'all with me? We're we doing Bible, y'all. This is, this is a podcast, so y'all be ready with your questions because here is the work of the Holy Spirit. Go down, go down to verse 8, 16 and 8, starting at the 8th verse. Okay, the first thing I see in verse 8 And when he has come, he will convict. So one of his jobs is to convict of sin, okay? To reveal righteousness to us and judgment. So so through the Holy Spirit, you have discernment. You know what's right. The Spirit helps you to know and identify what's righteous. The Spirit helps you to judge. The Spirit is the one that's convicting you. Will you know you off? When you know you're wrong and transgressing and you feel that that nudging and that that voice, and that whatever, that's the spirit of God in you. Uh, number two, verse 13, he says, however, when he when he the spirit of truth has come, look at what it says. He will guide you in all truth. The spirit is a guide. He will help you know what the truth is. He will guide you in all truth. Right. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever whatever he heard, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And look at number 14. He will glorify me. So the Spirit is not about you, but the Spirit is given to you to glorify God, to help enable you to glorify God, uh, to help you to see God. Uh, He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father 
hands are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. He, glorify means enable us to see God in his splendor and his glory. Many times we don't yield to the spirit or we don't recognize the spirit because we don't know what the spirit is doing in our lives. It's just we don't know. Okay. But as you are being awakened in these studies that we're doing, as you are learning how the spirit operates and how the spirit moves, now your eyes are going to be open more. Uh, questions, questions, anybody? Uh, Brother Jamal. I guess that's what you were saying before. In order to know the spirit, you have to have discernment. And once okay. you have the discernment, you're going to know it's the spirit speaking to you or through you. All right. How about if we try to flip that just a little bit? All right. If you're aware of the spirit, the spirit will give you discernment because the spirit is the one that will teach you the truth. The spirit is one that's going to guide you in the truth. All right. So, so now I'm trying to figure it out without the spirit of God. Okay. And so what you want to do is you want to lean on the spirit and say, teach me, Holy Spirit. You, don't, you want to lean on the spirit and say, show me the way. All right. That's what you want to do. Okay. This is what Dr. Charles Ryrie says. He says, the solution to the problem of the church today is to solve the individual Christian's problem. And the solution to those problems is a person, the Holy Spirit. He is the antidote for every error, the power for every weakness, the victory over every defeat, and the answer for every need. This is what he says, and he is available to every believer, for he lives in his heart and life. The answer and the power have already been given us in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Did y'all get that? The Spirit is God's answer for our problems. Yes, uh, Deacon is Ann. What that says is true, but, but I think what happens is that for a lot of of Christians, they're not aware of mm -hmm. what the Holy Spirit does. And you're not going to know unless you read the word and you study. So they don't use it because they don't know mm -hmm. what it can do. Awareness. Right, right. Okay. So, so, and, and listen what she said and listen, and let's tag this on to what she said. Listen what he says. He says, we do not need to have more of him. We do not need more of him. We do desperately need to know more of him. And with the increased knowledge will come added faith, power, and control in our lives. That's why this, this study we're doing is so important. Listen how we've been framing this. How did the early church thrive? How were they so powerful, so influential? How did they impact the world for Christ? How did they witness for Christ? It was the power of God in them. So they were the gift of the Holy Spirit was given, right? And then when we move from the gift of the Holy Spirit, then we get to the filling, all right? There's one baptism and gift that's eternal, right? But then now we got to get to this filling of the Spirit. And when it talks about the filling of the Spirit, every time I read about the filling, there's some action in the believer that happens. So, so when they were filled on the day of Pentecost, guess what action happened? They started speaking with other tongues and, and put that as in other languages. And what did they do? They didn't do it to impress people, but they did it 
and God used them to do what? What did Jesus say they were going to be? Witnesses. Witnesses. And so, so when they were filled, they witnessed and they were given what? Enablement by the spirit to witness to people from different languages because that was what was needed at that time. Okay. All right. Now, anybody remember what happened today in the verse chapter, in chapter four, what happened today in chapter four, when, when Peter and John got, got back with the church, they prayed. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so, so they prayed, right. And in answer to their prayer, they were what again, filled with the spirit. And, and a result of the feeling was they had boldness. The spirit gave them boldness to do what to witness. And, and guess what? And, and, and that boldness enabled them to withstand what the opposition was bringing at them. So the spirit empowers us and enables us to witness for God. Uh, in, our, in our little booklet, uh, the author says, God gives us the spirit and the feeling of the spirit to do the work of God and the things of God. And so many times, guess what? Uh, Charles Stanley, I'm reading all these books because y'all got me working. Uh, Charles Stanley says, we approach the Christian life as I'm doing the best I can. And so what he says is when you say I'm doing the best I can, he says you're doing it in your own strength, in the flesh, instead of what? Leaning on the power of God to help you do it. Doing it in the power of the Spirit, asking the Spirit to help you. Amen. Let me just say this, and then we're going to get some questions. We're not going to go too much longer. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Most people have heard me say, and it's true, I am by nature shy. I am by nature shy. And when I first started preaching, I spoke very soft. And I had to pray and ask God to help me to overcome my shyness so that I could deliver his word with power, so that I could be heard, so that I could teach. The preaching opened doors for my teaching. I was already teaching before I was preaching. But the preaching started opening more doors for me to be able to teach more people. But I had to manifest that power from God to get a hearing. And so I asked God to help me not to be afraid when I stood up to preach, to give me boldness to preach. So much so that when I go back home now and I preach somewhere, people can't believe that I do what I do. My teachers cannot believe that I've been preaching now for, the, for as long as I have and the power that's in. And I have to tell them what? It's not me. It's the power of God that works in me. Okay. It's the power of God. And, and that power is what, is what God uses for his glory. Questions, comments from anybody. Come on now. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. So come on with some questions or some comments that you might have. Uh, uh, this is not supposed to be a, a Bible study. Can I yes. say something? I was walking along Maronick Avenue mm -hmm. and this young guy, uh, he had to be maybe 20, 24, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he asked me for money. Mm -hmm. I didn't have but my sister did, but I asked him, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. Okay. Well, so I'm saying that to say, that was boldness for me. Okay. Because I never stepped out of my comfort zone. Okay. <laughs> because, All right. 
I just wanted to share that. Amen. And and guess what? That to get out of your comfort zone requires what? A little nudging from the spirit of God. Yeah, I got it from the spirit because I wouldn't have done it. Okay. So uh, I had to ask him. I said, is this what I should do? You know, because I'm not that that I'm quiet or sit back and and I don't do it. But something that spirit said, go ahead, ask him. So I asked. So so listen, everybody. The reason I'm I'm preaching so hard about boldness is that, that God needs workers in his church. He needs people to step up. And many people are waiting for something. Now, I don't know what y'all waiting on. <laughs> I don't know what you're waiting on, but but people are waiting. And, and you need to know, uh, I started teaching when I was 17. Amen. And my first class was the was the men's class of all classes to put somebody into. You know, and, and at 17, I wasn't ready for those men. Men's class back then was a debate. It was a debate. Uh, the Lord enabled me at 17 to teach men. And from there, you know, I taught other classes. Okay. And so, so, so since I am 60 years old now, so I've been teaching what, 43 years, about 43 years. Amen. Uh, so, so you can't say I want to preach. I want to preach or teach like Pastor Williamson. I've been doing it a long time, but I started somewhere. I started unsure, uncertain, all right? But as I made myself available to God to do the work of the Lord, then the Holy Spirit empowered me. And then, guess what? I learned not to fear because it was God's work. Let, let's hear somebody else. This this, this I'm turning into my testimony time. Praise God. Anybody else with a question on the filling of the Spirit, the empowerment of the Spirit, uh, the indwelling, getting a better understanding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you might be like Sister Brenda and you might feel like you don't have, you know, what's needed. But then the Spirit may say, but you can do this, you know. Pastor, uh, I just want to say that uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I understand when, when you said um, manifest. Uh, I understand that word because, you know, I've in my work, I've been, been places or been doing things that, I needed something and I pray to God and it would appear. Okay. So I've been, like you said, but I've been sitting here waiting for the Holy Spirit to, to prompt me so I can go out and spread the word or be filled, feel that boldness. Mm-hmm. So when you said manifest, I'm like, I'm one of those sitting here waiting for something to happen. So okay. we have to, it's already there. Mm-hmm. I just have to bring it out, bring that boldness out to speak to people. Right. OK. Uh, and, and so what you want to do is you want to say, Lord, I'm available to you. You know, here, here's this and 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 feel that tug on your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Lord will tug at your heart when it's the right thing that he wants you engaged in. OK. And, right. and then you learn how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting. The Holy Spirit prompts us many times right. All right? To, 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 to get us to move, to get us to do. All right. Let me see. I got I got some hands coming. You opened up some things. All right. Sister Tweedy, go ahead. Good evening. Um, So I had to go with a family member to court about a week and a half ago. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the courtroom and it was this young, you know, young black girl in there. She, I think she was 16. 
Mm-hmm. Um, after court was over with and everything, all I could remember the judge saying to her is if you get in trouble one more time, I'm mm-hmm. locking you up. So mm-hmm. as we standing in the lobby, I just could not move away from her. Like I was literally standing over her and it was like, this is your chance to talk to her. So mm-hmm. another lady was sitting next to her telling her, you know, you got to love your neighbors. You got to mm-hmm. love the people that you live around. And she really wasn't trying to hear it. So I was like, can I just step in and talk, you know? Mm-hmm. So we was talking about God. She told me she believed in God. And I said, well, this woman is telling you the truth. I said, you have to learn how to get along with your neighbors. I said, first of all, you in a place where, you know, she was in a group home, you mm-hmm. know, and she was like, oh my God, thank you so much. She got up. She hugged me several times. When I left out of there, I feel like I want to do something. So I found out what group home it is. Mm-hmm. I've already written her a letter, but I want to do more for the young ladies that's there, I'm just trying to see who I can connect with at this group home. So mm-hmm. maybe I can do go do some inspirational talks, you know, mm-hmm. just sit down and talk to the kids to let them know that somebody does care. Like this is not the last step for you. All right. So so and that's how the spirit works. He he puts he puts that burden that that uh, you hear me sometimes saying, Lord, give people a passion. Yes. You know, give them that that desire. And, and listen, it, Again, if we're getting out the box, that's that's you. That's you. You're an answer to the prayer. You're saying, Lord, how can I how can I be a witness for you? You know, uh, how can I help these people in this home? And God has given you an assignment. Now, now you're the salt out of the salt shaker. Okay. All right. Uh, Brother Jamal. Amen. Bless you. Brother Jamal. Yes, I'm gonna go back to Acts chapter four, verse eight. When it okay. said Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, mm-hmm. was Peter aware that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and those that he was speaking to, did they recognize that he was filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay. Four and eight. Yes, sir. All right. So, so uh, when you, when you study the Holy Spirit uh, uh, and you read what Jesus says, Jesus says, you'll be arrested you'll be taken before magistrates. And here's what Jesus says. Uh, You really won't know what to say in those situations. But in those times, the Holy Spirit, okay, will speak through you, will give you the words to say. Now, in this instance, that's an answer to the prayer. That's that's a fulfillment of prophecy. When Peter starts speaking, he, he really doesn't know what to say, but the Spirit, okay, gives him what to say. All right. Okay. And, and, uh, and when they, uh, where where is it? Uh, When they think about Peter and John, look at what they say. They know they're not trained. They know they're not educated, but here's what they do know. They knew they had been with Jesus. So when the spirit motivated them and used them to speak, it was glorifying Christ, uh, when you yield yourself and submit yourself to the Spirit, you it's it's allowing the Spirit to to use you and to lead you and to give you what to say. Uh, when I preach, I know what I, I'm reading, but the power comes from the Spirit. Okay, all right. So there's an awareness, but sometimes I know. Sometimes I say, "Where did that come from?" Or, or "Where did how I said that come from?" Or, I didn't mean to say it that way, but the spirit, the, the spirit said, said it, you know, uh, uh, a little bit more forcefully than I might have said it. 
Okay. All right. So, so, so Pastor, can yeah. you can you explain the discerning spirit? Can you explain that? So the discerning spirit is saying when Jesus says what? He's going to lead you in all truth. Okay. Discernment is knowing the truth from deception, from lies. Uh, uh, knowing what is righteous, knowing what is sinful. Okay. The spirit is going to lead you in those ways, in the choices. Okay. Uh, and what Paul says, I believe in uh, Ephesians chapter four, he says, do not grieve the spirit by continuing in something that the spirit has revealed to you is wrong. Okay. The spirit is not going to leave you, but the spirit is going to be grieved. And the Bible even talks about, we can quench the spirit. Mm. Which, means, which means we can deny and ignore the spirit to such a point that, that we can't be sensitive to the spirit anymore. Okay. If that, that's, that's the battle. Is it, that's where the battle comes in at with and the temptation and all of that. That's where it comes from. Right. Because as you know, now you want to, you want to make sure that you're yielding and submitting to the Holy spirit. Okay. All right. Uh, Paul, Paul talks about it in, uh, in, in Romans 8 and other passage, to, mm -hmm. to, uh, and I believe in Galatians, I believe he talks about uh, that we have to crucify, we have to learn how to crucify the flesh, mm -hmm. and, and then allow ourselves to live, allow Christ to live in us. How is he going to do that? Through the Spirit of God manifesting uh, itself in our lives. Amen. We have to resist the pullings of the flesh, uh, because you can still be a believer and be carnal. And that means to be fleshly, driven by the flesh. Okay. And so it's not, it's not, do we need more of the spirit? It is yielding ourselves more and more to the, to the spirit that we do have, because the spirit is not in pieces. The spirit is a person. You have a whole person, a, the whole person of God in you. And that whole person allows God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit is really dwelling in you, according to what Jesus said. We want to remember that we are temples and the spirit of God dwells in us. All right. Praise God. Amen. Any any closing comments, questions? Yes, Sister Deborah, go ahead. Hi, Pastor. I'm just wondering, the um, Holy Spirit is within us. And mm -hmm. you have a lot of people that are out there that are doing things that they know that's not what they supposed to uh, um, do. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, Will it be able to like control them not to do that or it just comes out of them? I know it says it will never leave you, mm -hmm. but people are doing wrong and the Holy Spirit is within them. Mm -hmm. It's how do that work? That people uh, continue uh, to do bad, even because though the they're, Holy Spirit because, they're, because they're carnal. That means they are being controlled and living by the flesh. Okay. All right. And if they can egregiously keep doing that as a, as a characteristics of their life, then we may have to uh, pray for them as to whether they have the spirit or not. Just because some people say they have the spirit don't mean they have it. Everybody that claims to be a Christian is not a Christian. Okay. All right. But if you are a Christian in uh, uh, Jesus says, if you love me and if you love God, there are some things that you would not do. If you love God, you will keep my commandments. 
All right. And, and, and so that relationship with God is supposed to be what helps you to yield yourself to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit is helping me to please God. And that's what I want to do because I love God. I was also going to say, God gives us the Holy Spirit, but he still allows us to have free will. So mm-hmm. you, you make a conscious choice to not listen to the Spirit. Because if they were honest to people, they would know that was something there was saying, that's not the thing to do. But because of our stubborn self-will, we don't want to give up control. And as Pastor said, best we could do is pray that, you know, they will be convicted Mm -hmm. within their spirit to want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. Amen. Everybody, I think that's a good good way for us to really wrap this up is to talk about your relationship with God. The the spirit is given to you to help you in your relationship with God, to to please God. Every believer on here, your your desire ought to be to 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 love God more than anything else with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your strength. And then then to love other people as you love yourself. Amen. Let me get this real quick. Yeah, Deacon Mills here, Pastor. Yes, sir. I think it's very important for us to understand that there's more than one spirit out there. Even okay. Jesus himself cast out seven spirits. Mm-hmm. I don't I think it's Mary Magdalene. Okay. So we have to be careful and learn God's word that we'll know more about the spirit of God because the spirit of God is not as loud mm-hmm. as the spirit of the devil. It's a sweet, sweet spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Because uh, because that's why uh, I believe in 1 John, it talks about that we test the spirits the spirit. to see if they are of God or not that they're not from the antichrist all right and and so you look at the word of god if it's if if this spirit is leading you to be contrary to the word of god you know that's not the spirit of god because the spirit of god is not going to lead you into sin i'm going to say that emphatically the spirit of god is not going to lead you to sin okay all right that's not from god because the spirit wants you to be living in harmony and peace uh, uh, and love with God. And the spirit of God knows there are consequences to sin. Okay. And, and that's what we have to realize that, that there are negative consequences to sin. Even if you're a believer, there are negative consequences to sin. Something happens, you know, when, when your relationship is tainted uh, by sin, when you have a secret, when you, when you have, when you know you've uh, disobeyed God, it's, it's just like kids and their parents, they know they've done wrong. It, it's, it's, it's awkward sometimes uh, in the dealing uh, and things come between us. Amen. Amen. I, I got a prayer partner. I'm going to ask my prayer partner that taught this morning. I'm going to ask him to close out in prayer today. Amen. Uh, Deacon Williams, would you just close this out? Sure. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this time of study, this podcast, Lord, and we know that this podcast, this information, Lord, is a part of your will. We ask, Lord, that it grow and it expand and that people far and near will join, Lord, and say, yes, I want to learn more about you so that I can apply uh, my life to these words and 
be more useful uh, in my family, in my work, in my community, so that their light, their light might shine uh, and be able to do more good works. Uh, we just thank you for our pastor and Reverend Deb and all of these members, Lord, who uh, join us this evening, Father. Now, Lord, we will lay down tonight and, and if it be your will, we'll get up and, and go out and to, to work and to serve. Be with us, O Lord, and we know you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Help us, O Lord, to tell this dying world that the wages of sin is death, but your gift is eternal life. And then, Lord, comfort those who are grieving. Look down upon those who are hungry and naked and those who stand in need. We give you honor and glory for all things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.